up to the sky and we're shouting with one voice out loud. Hey, that's just a sample of We Are Nerds, which is the brand new single by me, Justin Timpain, one half of Trek Off. So listen, go on iTunes and get it for yourself. It's only 99 cents. It's also on Amazon. It's on Spotify. It's wherever you buy your music, Google Play, it's going to be there. So look for We Are Nerds. And then you can, if you need to add my name, Justin Timpane, T-I-M-P-A-N-E, it goes to help us make this show. It goes to help us make more songs like that. But please, please get a copy of We Are Nerds. You can see the video on YouTube. That's We Are Nerds. Okay, Time for Trek Off. Warning, the following contains plot spoilers and naughty language. That means explicit content. And the comments and opinions expressed herein are for entertainment and commentary purposes only and may not reflect the actual opinions of Geeks Radio or the individual hosts. So don't get mad. It's just a shit. It's time for Trek Off. Enterprise Double D. Welcome to the Trek Off Show. My name is Justin. And my name's Alexia. Why are you talking like that? And today, <laughs> and today. Why are we, you talking weird? I don't are we understand doing our what broadcast you mean. Voices? I don't, even I don't know, do know what you mean. This is how I talk all the time. <laughs> this is my day-to-day voice. Can't you Whenever tell? we do the show, I'm still the same old Justin Way to go there, motherfucker. Let's see some dick and Star Trek. When you say it like that, it's weird and funny. <laughs> I prefer Deep Space Nine because of all the hot titties. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> You know we what spent, we should do? I know we yeah. spent a lot of time editing the movie. I think I know. you yeah, should ADR the whole thing and do your voice like that. <laughs> so whenever you and I are talking <laughs> yes. in the movie, I'll just be like this. Yes. Not oh, me, just you. And oh, my. <laughs> that would be amazing. So, yeah. So uh, so without spending too much time, it, this is going to be, I always say, oh, this is going to be a short show. This is going to be a short show today. I've got a- We'll see how a, that works out. <laughs> I have got a hard out, a hard out in in like 42 minutes that I must be hanging everything up at that point. So that okay. being the case- we're going to do our very best to hit all everything we need to hit. But, but before we hit anything, blah, 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 talking is hard. I got so used to talking like this. <laughs> I know, because I'm noticing it. Like, you're having trouble not doing it. <laughs> so you're in this Well, it's so funny. Anybody place. who listens to the show hears me at the beginning. They just go, yo, it's time for Trek Off. Enterprise Double Ds. It's how the show starts. Right. And so and so it's me doing my best voice. So <laughs> I like that this is your best voice. This is not the sure. only voice I have. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't like it. It's not your voice. <laughs> no, this is my voice. So anyway, so uh so um so everybody knows uh the movie in terms of like kind of what the movie's gonna be is sort of done. It's sort of done. Yeah, we I, mean, are, I gotta say, um, like <laughs> the editing process was—it was quite the learning experience. Good, like for sure. And it, and and as grueling as it was, and as and as much as um, like we had some angst uh, at points, as I'm sure everyone—I mean, that's how we are in, in general. Like, can you imagine I, I, we're I, working well, on I, the film? And I want to talk about the angst because because in in retrospect, it's ridiculous. 
Um, but, <laughs> of course it is, but in the moment, right? We're all like creatively important. juicy, flowing. It so what like was it, what made it a, what drinking, made it a learning experience for you? How, in what way was the learning experience? Um, that I, I like like it just I mean just makes your eyes want to bleed. Like just mind, just I don't know, destroying uh, <laughs> kind of thing to do. Um, that having been said, though. That the it felt really good when we would like make a change, and it would be like a small thing too. It'd be like a second's difference of stuff, and then we would like play it back, and like all of a sudden it like felt right in a way that it hadn't before. Like, cause, and it wasn't like it felt bad before. Like, it sounds like I'm having I'm talking about a sexual experience. It wasn't like his penis felt bad the other way, but it just felt more right really... when we did it this so... way. Uh, so I think it was Stanley who once said that 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 everybody's every every issue of a comic is somebody's first issue of a comic. So this is somebody's first. Uh, welcome to Trek Off. My name is Justin. Um, <laughs> My name's. <Alex. laughs> um, uh, uh, so we're making a movie of our show um, that we did a bunch of. We shot forever, and we've been yes. editing it forever. We're like yes. like there because the there's that- so much though. That's the thing. Like it's there's like so much. So and we so went around and we, we we shot we we shot like live shows we did and we interviewed people and we shot us just hanging out being us and like did all this stuff and when it was all said and done we had like fourteen hours of of movie and I don't just mean for those of you who make movies oh fourteen hours of footage that's nothing no this is not footage this is not right. like there there was a scene and we shot it a and bunch we have of ways, twelve or so you there's know, twelve 50 hours takes of, of one scene yeah I'm like talking that's- I'm talking 14 hours, and some of it is multi-cam. Some of it we have like four cameras running. Yeah. Of 14 hours of content. Yeah. Um, that I have sort of single-handedly been boiling down to about two hours over the course of the last year and a half. Um, and then finally we brought uh we brought uh, Mr. A and and Alexia over, and it was time to get down to to the nitty gritty. Um, uh, I sent them a close to two hour cut. A while back, they had a bunch of notes and other our, our other producers, Danny Ross, Danny Mascarell, other people, my you know Mrs. J, all had things to chime in, and so I made additional cuts after long conversations on the phone, and then finally we sat down. You guys arrived at about four thirty in the afternoon, and left we, at about four four forty five in the morning. Yeah, that that sounds about right. <laughs> we took we took about an hour and twenty minute uh, dinner break at like nine, and with the exception of that. Sat we worked in the one whole room. time. Yeah. Like just sat in this sat tiny little in room. One room. <laughs> like one room. Yeah. Ugh. So But um, it, like I said, it was it was um like I said, it was like fascinating, um, and a good learning experience and like and it felt really good. Like I feel like it felt better than like even when you're, because I've got some experience, you know, uh, looking at cuts of like the other movie, like when we did Quantum Suicide, but like, but that's different because it's like, you know, you've got scenes and it's like, are we going to cut this part of the scene? Are we going to use this take? Those things are very different. You know what I mean? And I feel like it's, I guess for some reason it occurs to me as easier to be right or wrong, if that makes any sense. But like, you very, very much. But when you're, when you've got all this footage and it's all like good and it's representative of, of like, the journey that we've been on it it's like when you make a cut that's like you just trim out like little things that slow down or, the story or, sometimes, or, or sometimes it's big things where you have like people are talking and then there's five minutes of stuff you don't want and then they're talking again at the end and it's gold and you somehow have to make that seem like yes, they were just talking as though for like it's 20 just seconds. this fluid and thing it's magic and it's, 
and it's magic. It's it, yes. everything is magic. It's like it really you know, is. It makes it look like this thing was all one thing. And and I you know not to boop boop toot my own horn a but little bit. But you should. I am I'm a pretty good editor. You really um, are. Thank you. Um, and I and I've done it a lot. And I like that's you know if there's anything about the ninjas movies that I'm proud of is that they like I feel like they are. You know, I feel like they are intricately, if not well edited, intricately edited. But when you're an actor, and I remember this from being an actor, people don't understand how entire bits get cut out. Like in Ninjas vs. Monsters, um, our very good friend Jasmine uh, had this wonderful bit uh, all about her character and everything that happened. And she was not that happy when she found out that I cut like a ton of it out. Yeah. Like most of it out. Um but when you're in the room, and I, I, I hope this will be you know, helpful for you as, as anyone who doesn't know Alexi is an actress. I hope it's helpful for you when you come back and, and, and get into uh, you know, the next movie you're in when you go, oh, I see why this was cut because it has nothing to do with me. It, has, it just has to do with the, like, this scene needs to be shorter in order for us to get from scene, you know, from, from scene E to scene, scene G. We need to cut scene F way a lot because we're looking at just pacing. It's just pacing, yeah. pacing, pacing. Pacing is everything. Yeah. And it's like, that's, it's, it's absolutely like eye opening in that way because it's like, th- there were some cuts that we had to make that we didn't want to make. People <laughs> are going to, like, like, people that we care about are going to be upset. Yeah. Like, where it was like, oh, but I love this part. And it's like, well, yeah. okay, but does it, like, now it becomes, it's not about do I love this part, it's like, how does that part fit in the hole, and does it fit correctly in that hole? And oh, if and it doesn't, it, it's gotta we, go. And we find know? ourselves saying, like, like the two things we said a lot, we don't want this to be a talent show, and we don't want this, and we don't want this to be a, like, a vacation video. Like, yes. if it is, if it is not directly interested in, in, in grabbing and entertaining the audience, we don't want to do it. Um, which, by the way, speaking of not entertaining the audience, this is know, so right? inside, this is so inside baseball, which is, like, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I think I would find editing talk interesting. I'd never experienced it before. Like, and so it's it's been it's been an experience. We should sure. sh- the next time we edit, we should shoot us editing and then edit that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so what I was going to say was ridiculous. Is, is I mean, in a way, though, I almost felt that way because when we were on the ride home, because um, we had a significant car to ride home, um, we're talking about all the stuff that had happened and all the drama and all the you know the angst that had flown between us at times and I was like well I, I didn't want to cut this part because I like this thing and then he was all this and like the, but like at the same time we thought about some of the funny shit that just like happened while editing like just sentences that got uttered that like you're like really yeah. like I cannot believe Ridiculous. I cannot because believe that so just much, came out of your mouth because like, there's the so best, much dicks there's a lot of dicks in them there is and the best the best I think, actual dicks there's only one dick and you don't even really see it but we no, say the word dick a lot I think the best like snippet i was like we should like why are we not putting this up like i'm not on facebook as we all know very well um but like when you said i was like this has got to be the best line ever edited in it you know like spoken in an editing room i could be wrong because i haven't been in all the editing rooms but how often are you going to hear this sentence no 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 no. i disagree i believe that that is the denouement of perfect denouement of the dick joke (laughs) what? (laughs) what did you just say but there is a strategy to it. I mean, there really is a like, like it's meant to. So, so what was so ridiculous? Because it did get very tense. Um, there and there was a point where like it was tense, and then I tried to deal with it being tense for like twenty increasingly tense minutes. And at one point, I just go, "I need a break," and I walked out of the room. Yeah, I, like, I remember yeah, I, that. I, I like, need a break. Just... I need to go. I just need to go. 
And and like the thing that it, the thing that had pissed me off was like twenty minutes earlier, and so nothing bad had happened in the interceding twenty minutes. I just <laughs> ran and was like, "Fuck it, I'm gone. Goodbye." That's uh, amazing because we actually like were trying to figure out like what what did, what set him off? What did I do? Nothing set like, me the, off. At the moment, like you just said, at the moment when you got up and left, it seemed like things were fine. Yeah, <laughs> and no, then you were I like, still... "I'm going for a break." Gotta go. <laughs> just left. I gotta go. But I came back with candy. Like five minutes later, I came back with candy. Indeed. What was so did. what was so funny is that we ended up, um, and we're going to talk about Star Trek. We have a huge Star Trek thing to discuss. Um, uh, but. Um, What's interesting about it is that it is easy to get myopic. And we did at one point spend like 45 minutes discussing about seven seconds. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and it's so easy to get there because you Uh start like, you want the thing you want, you know? And, and I think, I think the, the, like we had an argument about whether or not the words actory shit could be said for like 40 minutes. I know. And, and, and it's, you know, and you, when you're, when it's the next day, you're like, Wow. You spent a long time on seven seconds. <laughs> like, but, that's, that's a wee bit silly, wasn't it? <laughs> but the bottom line is, is we've now crept underneath the very, very important hour and 30 minute mark, yes. um, which means that the movie could, if I like, it needs to be cleaned up. Music's got to be added. Titles, got, like all the, all the technical stuff. If we decided we were going to cut nothing more, the movie is pretty good um, and is pretty entertaining. Um, so our goal is to cut it even further so that anything is o- that's only a tiny bit entertaining is gone so that you're getting, you know, the most entertaining. I feel part. like you make it sound, so, I, I think so much more of it was entertaining. Like, I think we're at that point, like even by the time we were doing this, we were at the point where we were cutting things that were entertaining. Like, you know what? Anybody, you know what who I mean? li- anybody who listens to our show knows we would do better to do a shorter, more entertaining show. Because um, already there are people listening. There are people listening right now. There are people listening right fucking now who are like, I wish they would be shorter winded and more entertaining. Shorter right now, at this exactly at this moment, as we fucking speak, right now, that's gonna be the case. I think what we should the, just cut me out of the whole movie. In fact, what are, what are I think the Star Trek shorter and more entertaining? <laughs> what is, yeah, by, by the end, I'm like I'm so interested in pacing. I deliver a movie that's opening credits and closing credits. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, opening credits. You and I go Star Trek dicks pussy gone. And, just, <laughs> and then like roll credit. <laughs> roll credits. That's it. And the credits are really long. <laughs> <laughs> Because nobody watches this. Uh, that would be us. amazing. There's that's what the star- movie's going to be, guys. I hope everybody's excited. Uh, speaking of being excited, that's my transition. You're it's welcome. a beautiful transition. Thank you. Um, there was huge, huge Star Trek news yeah. this week. Huge. Huge. We ha- Gar- would, it, would you say it was gargantuan? Um, oh, I mean, it depends. You know, I mean, if you're tired. Oh, you mean the news. Um, the news. <laughs> because <laughs> that was about penises which is evidently all i care about talking about that is all you um, care about is dick 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 swear to oh, goodness wait. it's just like justin dick 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 I, there was a point i gotta say there was a point there was a point and this is probably the thing that i was pissed about for like 20 minutes before i walked out there was actually a point when i was like when i was like no seeing it seeing a dick that's funny that's a funny thing because it makes you uncomfortable and you, and you said you said she said yeah well sorry that not everybody's as repressed as you that's what I said. Yes. <laughs> I, was, I was like, "What?" <laughs> I believed in that moment you were speaking for the repressed peoples of the world. 
I'll say maybe that's your whole problem all along. You just think dicks are funny. I think they're supposed to be sexual. Star Star Trek. Star Trek. Here we go. Um, As everybody knows, there's uh, there's going to be for the CBS All Access, um, which is uh, CBS's new like their version of Netflix. It's like can be like six dollars a month and you get all the CBS shows and then all the CBS shows that ever were blah, blah, blah. That's the idea. But they're they're sort of flagship new show as they learned with UPN and Voyager. Um, uh, hi, Mr. A. Um, they're, <laughs> their their flagship new show is going to be a new Star Trek show. Um and you and I on this show before have expressed a little bit of fear um, because of the JJ verse and because like as much as we like the JJ verse and we do, we're fans. Um, we we well, we're fans. As someone once said, I can love a thing and <laughs> still <you>. realize that <laughs> I would like to submit good points. <laughs> fuck you and your fucking dick hole. <laughs> You're welcome. Um <clears throat> So, uh, so there's the, the one of the biggest things that was of, of concern is that uh, Alex Kurtzman, um, who was involved in Lost and who is involved in uh, some Transformers movies and the Star Trek movie that we didn't like, and well, is, also, is he also um, involved with uh, Once Upon a Time, or is that not him? I don't know what else he does. Um, I think he was involved okay. in Fringe, which I really, really liked. Um, and he worked a lot with Bob Orsi, and so I don't know how much is Bob Orsi and how much is him. I don't want to blame him. But we were kind of worried that, oh, this is the direction Star Trek's going to take. Until, like two days ago, I guess this was today. We're recording this on the 10th. This is February 9th. Um, Brian Fuller named showrunner of new Star Trek TV series. This is, uh, I'm reading this from IndieWire. Uh, so credit to IndieWire for this. Um they report that, uh, quote, fresh off the devastating cancellation of Hannibal at NBC and in conjunction with another gig as showrunner of American Gods for Stars, the veteran TV scribe has now been named showrunner for CBS's upcoming Star Trek TV series. Now, beyond saying anything else about his resume, I never watched Hannibal, but I was aware. I didn't aware- either, but something <clears throat> tells me that that's not the the, the genre well, I would want for someone who's going to now do but, Star but, Trek. But, but, but before we talk genre, let's talk reviews. Hannibal is widely concerned, and this is weird because it's something that everyone kind of should hate, right? It's like a Hannibal Lecter TV series. What? Like, but but the uh, the reviews on Hannibal have been spectacular. Yeah, and that's good. That's a good thing because the reviews for the writing on uh, the reviews for the writing on, let's say. Enterprise or on Voyager or frankly on Lost sometimes and on the new Star Trek movies the writing has been one of the things that have been widely criticized so that's good right but the thing is like I I'm not done I'm just I'm concerned because of the because of what he's written like you could be really really good well hear hear me out hear me out he also um uh not just uh um not just uh sorry um Hannibal um, it looks like uh, he was involved on Heroes. He was involved on Wonderful. Yeah, and Heroes was like fucking, by the time Heroes was over, that shit was way but not, off the but rails. But not when it started. He was involved in uh, Wonder Falls. Um, and in he what? Was, Wonder Falls, he was a big part of Pushing Daisies. He was a big part of Pushing, da- uh, pushing Daisies. Which again, not... Again, not these a, are all like the only thing that I think is, and and not even that, like Heroes... Simply because there's sort of a sci-fi nature to it, um, 
But here's the thing. He knows how to create. So ultimately, I and I and, and I want to get to the a couple more of his credits. Um, but this is a guy who makes good dramatic television. And I think that much more and I'm hoping that that much more than than the it person of the moment or the guy who makes it like the the decision to hire Justin Lin, um, who I love his first name and the Fast and Furious movies are good um, to make the new Star Trek movie um, is very much like we're going to make something flashy and spectacular. Right. Yeah. I would be so worried if this was from executive producer Michael Bay. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. Yeah. No, I might kill myself. Like I am, um, my, I am much happier to hear someone who can craft a you know forty four minutes of of award winning drama into comedy for Pushing Daisies and horror for Hannibal and sci fi for Heroes. I'm much more excited about that. But here's the thing, here's the thing. He has credits before that. Uh huh. Not only did he start his career. Writing on the fifth season of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. That he was a writer on Voyager and wrote 20 episodes of that. Which we know I hate, so that's not uh, but, going in his fucking favor. Yeah, but but here's the thing. <clears throat> so did Ron Moore. So did a lot of very talented writers. We it is it is pretty well known that uh it's pretty well known that uh that Rick Berman and Brandon Braga were were spearheading all the problems behind Voyager. So what I want to do, and I have not done this beforehand. I have not prepared for this ahead of time. I am going, you're going to hear me type right here. I'm going to look up uh, Brian Fuller's uh, credits on Deep Space Nine and see which ones he wrote. Okay, so give me a second. All right. Brian Fuller, Deep Space Nine. Can he write Deep Space Nine that I like? And we're going to discover this together. Um, Brian Fuller <clears throat> wrote... Do, do, do. Going back, going back. Oh, he wrote. Uh, here's some other things while I'm on here. Um, he only wrote four episodes of Heroes, uh, 19 episodes of Pushing Daisies, which is great. 30 episodes of Hannibal, which is big. Uh, 25 episodes of Dead Like Me. Oh, I love Dead Like Me. <clears throat> um, uh, but again, it's like drama, and it's. I mean, so in the sense that he can create characters, I think that's good. But like, I don't. I mean, Star Trek shouldn't be Not high drama cre- all the time. Yeah. Um, so, so actually, it looks like he wrote two episodes, but he created the characters in Dead Like Me. Um, which, look, as a showrunner, that's what you want. Someone who can do the high concept stuff, right? Because he's not going to be the only writer. Sure. So um, he wrote uh, The Darkness and the Light on Deep Space Nine, which is an episode that I love, although I hate the final the final moments of that episode. Um, uh but that is the one where there's an assassin who's wiping out all of Kira's old resistance cell and she's pregnant and he says he's going to he's going to kill the baby and then or he's going to kill her he's but try and save her but it would kill yeah. the baby and she's like Yeah, I love that episode. I hate the last moment of that episode because she gets all like it gets all sort of trying to be heady and and uh and like deep or goes the darkness and the light, but he doesn't realize that without the darkness, you can't have the light. You know, it's that. But what he wrote on that, it looks like he just wrote the story on that. Um, the other one he wrote, and this is great, is one of my absolute favorite episodes of Deep Space Nine, Empok Nor, which is the one where they all go back to the other Deep Space Nine and Garrett kind of goes crazy and starts trying to kill all of them. 
the other deep space nine. Yeah, Empok Nor, the the other Cardassian oh, space the station. Other where Cardassian yeah. space station. And, and and there's like a thing on there that makes uh, uh Garrett kind of go nuts. That's yeah. brilliant. Um, here's uh. <laughs> I don't know if I go gonna, that far. It was a, it was a tense episode, but like again, this was that that's not that. But episode it's a tense. Doesn't, but it's a tense episode that utilizes the characters. Nog is great. Nog. In I'm that not episode. disagreeing. I'm saying, but like in terms of like being a like a traditional sort of Star Trek story, that episode is not. All right. So let's see uh, which. Oh my gosh, he wrote good ones, and he wrote tons of different kinds. He wrote. Uh, he wrote the Raven, um, uh, which is a seven episode. Uh, he wrote, uh, and sorry if we're being a little boring, but this is kind of fun. Um, which was uh, the seven episode that you're talking about, the Raven? I mean, you gotta yeah, do more than that. <laughs> sure. Uh, uh, Janeway is trying to gain passage through a region of space owned by a cautious and xenophobic race of aliens. Negotiations are disrupted when Seven of Nine believes that she's been contacted by the board. Borg and forcibly leaves Voyager to rejoin the collective. Um, pretty typical seven episode, honestly. Okay. Um, uh, but here are some but other not really very good... Star Trek-y. Here are some other great ones that he wrote. Um, uh, Mortal Mortal Coil. Um, uh, it's the one where it's the one where Neelix uh, is dead for nearly nineteen hours, and when he and when they finally revive him, he has a crisis of faith because he didn't experience the Talaxian afterlife. That's a really good episode, actually. Now, eventually, it eventually they use Chakotay's vision quest, which I never like, but but that is a a really good episode, and that's and there aren't a lot of them. Um, here's argue. <laughs> I don't know if I All would right. put it in that category, but it's it's okay. He wrote one of the top five, in my opinion,s episodes of Voyager, Living Witness. When the Doctor's backup module is found, his program is brought online for the first time in, in 700 years. And in the future, the Curian Museum of Heritage teaches a history that writes Voyager as the bad guy. And that, remember, they, they had a hologram of Voyager and everyone on Voyager is like really evil. And the Doctor comes back and is like, that's not how it was. Like, we were good. We were trying to help. And that's and eventually they're like, it's about how history is written by the victors and the bad, other people are always sort It's It's about as Star Trek-y as you get. One of my favorites. I don't know about as Star Trek-y as you get, but it's certainly more in the in the wheelhouse for sure. Um, he wrote Drone, which is uh, another really good episode where, uh, um, if it's the one I think it is... Uh, Uh, it's not the one I think it is. Oh, yes, it is. Do you want to share with the class? No, yeah, no. Dr- dro- <laughs> drone, drone is the one where uh, the Borg nanoprobes uh, um, uh, interact with the Doctor's mobile emitter and creates basically a new super advanced race of Borg who then becomes self-aware and decides that both the Borg and the human, he's like kind of above it. It's one of those evolved to a higher plane of existence episodes. About as good as you can get on Voyager for that sort of thing. Uh, Bride of Chaotica, <laughs> which some people love, not my favorite. Um, but it shows that he can, you know, do sort of silly comedy. He so did this is all on that, ho- on that fucking holodeck program, right? <clears throat> yeah, but it's different. It's a comedy episode, which is, you know, again, as well as well as you can, um, as, as, as well as you can do uh, in that, you know, with Rick Berman running the show. Um, uh, it's ha- the one where Tuvok, uh, it's called Gravity, where Tuvok and uh, Paris get stuck on the planet and they think they're going to be there forever and they live for a very long time there. Um, 
uh, Gravity, the first part of Dark Frontier, which is the big Borg movie they did, um, Barge of the Dead, which is the Klingon one where Bellana um, Bellana finds herself on the on the Barge of the Dead. Yeah, with he her seems mother. to have a thing about religion. <clears throat> in Sto- well, it was in there. I mean, not really. Mortal Coil and Barge of the Dead are the only ones of these of these fifteen episodes he wrote the teleplay for. Right. Um, but I'm just saying though, like the, when you think about Star Trek and how many episodes are about religion, <laughs> um, uh, it's just kind of interesting. Uh, Alice, um, uh, Alice, which is the one where uh, where the um, the ship kind of falls in love with Tom Paris and he becomes obsessed with it. And then the ship tries to kill uh, Bellana. It's a good one. So it's one. Christine oh, in space. <clears throat> kind of, yeah. Um, he wrote a terrible one. I'll give him a terrible one. He wrote the one where Kess comes back. Oy. That's the worst. Um, so I, I'll give him that. Um, he uh, invented... Um, <clears throat> oh, this is a good one. We inverted... when he, he wrote Flesh and Blood, which is the one where... Uh, there are holograms that were created for the Herogen to fight so the Herogen wouldn't like kill regular people. And then those holograms turn homicidal, kidnap the doctor and go after the Herogen. And they have Bellana with them. They're, they're kind of justifying the violence that they're doing on the Herogen. It, it's, it is both an action-y and also sort of a... Fill- it's a very Star trek episode. I don't remember this one. It's pretty good. I mean, he, did the wor- he, he did Workforce... Uh, um, he did the one where, and his last one was when they retrieved the 21st century probe friendship one. Um, so it's, that's kind of a spacey one. Now keep in mind, a lot of these are really good episodes and that is his, his really beginning good. for Voyager. Come on. I, just, like, I mean, when you say really good for, for, for Voyager, like realize what you're saying, you know what I'm saying? Okay. But, but, th- <laughs> but think about this. That's like saying that there's a really well directed show in a community theater with a, with a terrible, you know, supervising director. Like, and I don't want to shit on Rick Berman too much, but like, this is a, this is a show that he didn't create. He didn't create Star Trek Voyager. He did not, you know, he, he did not create the characters. He did not, you know, he went in there with what they had and, you know, it's like, it's like, have you ever watched the TV show Chopped? No. (laughs) It's a, it's a cooking show where people are given 30 minutes to create a meal out of whatever it is they're given. Oh, um, okay. Like here's here you have octopus, chocolate, you have octopus, chocolate, and taco sauce. Go, and Ew. that's like, okay. and that's and, and I feel like he does the best he can and creates some interesting and very different things in that. Here's the other thing to keep in mind: this is a, his last episode that he wrote was in 2001, and it was only his second job. His first episode of anything he wrote was in 1997. So by the time he was writing some of some of these very good episodes. Uh, maybe not super good, but these good episodes, he'd only been doing the job for four years of his life. Since then, he's done Dead Like Me. He's done Pushing Daisies. He's done Hannibal. He's become a very, very respected and and good writer who then wants to go back to the first job that he ever did and do it better without Rick Berman controlling him. He's going to be the one in control with uh, having been under the weight of Berman and Braga at that stage. And keep in mind, a lot of the problems that we run into in Voyager, which also extend into enterprise, they're like, they're there. And Jerry Taylor, who is a huge part of, of Voyager's problems. A lot of that falls on Berman and Braga and Jerry Taylor, who were running the show. He was just a staff writer, but he wrote good stuff in star Trek. So what, what I guess gets, I guess what I'm saying is like, I'm, 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 I'm not like way more optimistic now, I suppose, is is really what I'm saying. Like, I guess I'm not 
as like at least it's not you know fast and furious guy but like at the same time um the stuff that he wrote was for shows that in the star trek verse that were not my favorite um and so but that's not his fault it's not like he was around in the 60s right the other that being said I, i mean obviously he wasn't but like i don't so like and then based on the other stuff that he's done like on his own like dead like me is about death and there's he wrote two episodes in star trek that were about death um so he likes death and hannibal oh, yeah, is about killing um so i'm seeing sort of a theme right across dude's career and it's like while i'm not like that's a bad thing right like it's an interesting subject to be sure but i don't want this to be death track i don't think it's going to be death track I don't think it's made. Let me let me read you some more things. So this is the. I guess here's the thing. I don't think it's going to be Death Trek. Um, I what gets me pumped for this is Alex Kurtzman is has said he's a fan, and he has no track record on Trek except for the Trek films. I would rather it be more like Voyager than the Trek films. Um, but here's what I love about this: one, he he's a guy who's emotionally invested in this. It's his first job. It would be like me being able to go back to the theme park thing and do it again now after having, you know, 20 years to think about it, to be able to go back and go, okay, now I know. And without anybody telling me what to do, like to go like, this is what I've dreamed about. And he's dreamed about this for a really long time. Um, as far back as 2008, he has said, and this is a quote from him, I want to create another Star Trek series and I have an idea that I'm kicking around. And he, from time to time, has said, oh, I want to do it. I have an idea. You know when like everybody, like when Michael Dorn was going, I want to make Captain Worf. And everybody was going, I want to make this Star Trek series. He was one of the people just going, I want it. I want, I want to do this. There's something I want to do. He is not a hired gun. Okay, well, that certainly does make me a little bit um, more optimistic. Like, if that, and that's... And, that's what he's a guy who's written Trek who understands the universe who understands I'm sure and get, I mean this is this is the, the this is from from what I understand the way the way that that these epi- and keep in mind there are other people direct these episodes so the screenplays might have been good but then the, the directing has changed and this is like people got this is the reason Ch- Chakotay wanted to leave the show evidently is that the humans were being instructed by Berman and Braga specifically against the advice of the directors you had better play your roles as bland as possible to make the aliens seem more alien. What? That, that's the shit that was being said. And more than one person has co- come out and said that that's what was being said. Uh, Garrett Wong has also come out and said that he was being told, you got to tone it down, make all of your line readings as kind of just got to be really steady. Starfleet people are steady and they're really not emotional at all because we want to, if you do that, the alien characters of the week are going to seem bigger and more alien. Do you understand, Garrett? That's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, that's the like, shit. I, that think Brett, the, Ber- I mean, because fucking, it seems to me like the strength of Star Trek is that it, particularly in like the original series and what I love about it is that we're the fucking same. Like yeah. no matter well, how different they look and how, how alien that may seem like we're all just beings in this universe, like ma- made of the same sort of building blocks, if you will. And like, we have the same desires and we have the same drives and you know what I mean? Well, like, and you, and you know, you, you know, it's interesting because DS nine gets really good around season three and, and, and Enterprise gets I don't I never think it gets really good, but it gets way better right around season I'd say right right around season uh season three as well. And both of those are when Berman and Braga took a back seat. And so that's the thing. Like this is a guy who worked under a regime that was 
very different. And I don't want to shit on Burnham Braggart. They did a lot of amazing work. They made some of my favorite television of all time. So I don't want to just shit on them. But they, it got to the point where they were, it sounds like it was very, 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 very difficult to work, especially on the Voyager set. The shit that I've heard about the, on the Voyager set is nuts. Um, and a lot of it doesn't speak well of Kate Mulgrew, frankly. Um, oh, no. Yeah, about how horrible she was to Jerry Ryan. Wow. Like, like, like yeah. But, I mean, it, all rumors. Rumors are rumors. I don't want to spread rumors. But Yeah, that's, like, I mean. Like, this is, but but this is, like, this. I can imagine this being a guy who's like, fuck, I get a chance. I get a chance to do this. I know how it should have been. I was there. I was trying to write ambitious stuff, and he was writing ambitious stuff. Um, you know, I have a chance, you know, like he was. I would be so- curious, like if he's if he's a fan of the series in general, like does he has he said at any point, like which series he's the biggest a fan of? It's so interesting. You should say this. This is from The Hollywood Reporter, um, also writing about the same thing. And The Hollywood Reporter writes, Klingons prefer revenge cold, but Fuller wants to warm the dish up based on what he said in the past. In 2008, he told MTV that he wants Trek to, quote, go back to the spirit and color of the original Star Trek because somehow it got cold over the years. I love Next Generation, but it's a little cooler and calmer than the ones from the 60s, which were so dynamic and passionate. Okay, well, this this definitely speaks well. If that's still what's in a dude's head, you know, however many years later, so 2008, um, then that gives me some hope. Well, here's another, another that's quote definitely the kind of Trek I want to see. Um, here's another thing he wrote. Uh, even if Fuller wants to return to the spirit of the original 1960 series, he's expressed a need to change the status quo. In that same MTV interview, Fuller remarked that Trek needs to reinvent itself in order to thrive, saying, you always have a captain, a doctor, a security officer, and you have the same arguments based on those perspectives. It starts to feel too familiar. It says Fuller's vision could likely boast a new set of occupational dynamics, which I think is a really interesting thing. That's a really huh. interesting. It's a really interesting point because if you look at all the series, there's there's the captain and the first officer. There's this there's the Spock clone. Like when we do on, in, in our movie, we do the fucker prize, and we're easy, it's easy for to go. Okay, here are all the same characters on all the same shows. Um, you know, in a, in um, a sense, sure, but I feel like th- to some extent that's dictated by the fact that you're on a ship. Um, on a deep space, um, multi-year mission, like you've got to have, it's sort of like speaking to, um, uh, what Neil deGrasse Tyson was saying about the enterprise and what was so great about like that, um, ship versus the Millennium Falcon that it's like, you're seeing what's necessary when the ship is your home. It's not just something that's getting you from point A to point B. Like, I don't know how, I mean, and, and like, and you know but me, I like that. Why, I like that one episode that's like on on Next Gen that's like about the lesser characters. Um, so I think what I would think would be cool to see, like, because I don't see how we do it without that main dynamic, because that's how the ship is run. But I think it would be cool um, to, because you, because now we've got sort of long, especially since it's going to be like on CBS's. Um, streaming or whatever, like sure. the way that storytelling has changed over the years. I think that what that gives you is the ability to have um, the focus shift um, from episode to episode or from block of episodes to block of episodes. But you know what? There, But there but there are dynamics. Like, for instance, one thing I like about Deep Space Nine is the existence of Quark. Quark and Odo, two brand new... And Odo was not really a security officer. He, he buckled against being a security officer. And Quark, there had never been a character like Quark. That's what um, I'm saying. Like, but but like again, Quark isn't the like a big focus every episode. 
right? Like sometimes you have quark centric episodes, and sometimes I still just... think you need. I still think you need a captain. Let me be clear. I like still you, think I'm you... saying you still need a captain. You still need a first officer, and you still need an engineer and and a doctor and sure. security. Like there are certain things that you still need that are the that are the the lifeblood of the the ship. And, sure. and those people are going to be pretty important and you've still got to be following them. But in the sense of like Deep Space Nine, where you had these, uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's something I, I did like about Deep Space Nine that I would like about a new series where it's like, you don't just have this main pod of people, if you will, um, who are all of them important, um, to everyday operations necessarily. You have the ability then to have these other characters that, that are, important in their own right and sometimes it's the episodes about them like we had whole episodes that are just about quark and like going home or ferenginess and that's cool and i'm cool with that and i would i want to read you something that he says here that i think he'll also like he goes uh one thing that he said back in 2013 and again i've done interviews you've done interviews you know how it is you just spout shit out whatever's on your mind that day and sure. then, of course, everything you say is, you know, kept. We're reading an interview from 2008. I'm sure he's sitting at home going, what the fuck? I said that seven years ago and had an interview once. You know, I'm sure there are parts of this that is that. But here's something he said once. Um, at one point, he name checked Angela Bassett and Rosario Dawson as thinking they would be good for captain and first officer. Hmm. That's really interesting. Agreed. Um, like two women? What crazy talk? Really? Yeah. And two I women would... of two women of color, and what? Uh-huh. Given the age difference, what if they were what if what if they were mother and daughter, or a father and son, or a mother and son? What if? And this is a dynamic we never seen. Two officers, same ship, who are related, who have a family dynamic where they as well uh, as a work dynamic. Yeah, and you saw that a little bit on uh, on Battlestar, where you had. Um, uh, you had uh, Adama and his son right. are both are, are both like main characters on the show in different functions where uh, where afterward they can have a family discussion at the end of the day. But when they're working, it's different and one can order the other. And that's and you have to follow the order because it's also like that's I love the idea of a guy who's been sitting around for almost 20 years thinking thinking what's a way that we can make it Star Trek, make it very Star Trek, but also make it new. And not someone, let's say, and like it's like what J.J. Abrams did with The Force Awakens. That's what happens when you have somebody who's a very talented writer who wants to think of a way to make it new and fresh, as opposed to a guy who's a very talented writer who was like, "Hey, why don't you come do Star Trek?" And he's like, "Um, okay, let's try this." Um, <laughs> you know, and I think I'm hoping like this is a guy who is a, and this this is a, a an emotional word like who has a heart for this stuff. And I'm hoping that makes the difference. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would love to see that happen. I like, I like in certainly that's the, the hope of the dream, right? Is that it's going to be, um, awesome. And that, and I would definitely love to like, uh, fucking Angela Bassett as captain would be incredible. That would be fucking, that would be fucking great. You know, and I think she would fucking kill that shit. And I think we're at a point now where she wouldn't be the black woman captain. I think we're beyond that. Or at I, least hope, I, hope. I certainly to, hope we're beyond that. To some that. people, I'm sure, I'm sure to some people that be, but it's not going to be like Cisco was the black captain and, and she's the one. I think we're at the point now where it's but I'd like. Because really, I'd really like it to be if, if they went a route like that, I would want them to do what they didn't. I would want them to commit to it and do what they didn't do with Janeway and, and not just like make her the strong female 
captain because I mean we've certainly seen Angela Bassett play that role like and they've they they've done it and she could do it um but I I don't want her to just like but she's capable of of much more nuance and complexity than that just like Kate Mulgrew was and I want to if so if they were to do something like that I would want to see it actually get like utilized so that we could see a whole person as captain instead of it being this um sort of caricature of what we think a woman captain would be well, I mean, I think that, like, again, that this is a guy who who has been writing incredibly dynamic characters um, and not cardboard characters. And he made the Voyager characters on a lot of the episodes he wrote. He made them dynamic. And if he can do that without Berman and Braga and being able to play in the sandbox that he builds, there's a there. This is the first real glimmer of hope I've had on the show. Yes, it could go all wrong. But up to this point, we've had no reason to think that it might yeah, this, go right. Like, I will say this. This is the first bit of news that is not just straight up damning. <laughs> That's yeah. not just like, oh, shit. And you know that first bit of news is a huge bit of news. To get a bit of news to go, oh, they're going with, this, they're going with an award-winning writer who's a Star Trek alum who really wants to do it. That could be... And he's going to be the showrunner. That could be... Having a guy behind there's certainly the potential there for that yeah. to be awesome, as oh, opposed man. to before I, and, where and I don't I can't know wait. that I felt so optimistic. And I'm I'm not saying I'm like straight on optimistic right now, but like I'm definitely more optimistic than I was. So that's what we want to talk to you about. That's why, even though we had no time because we're wrapping the show up now, that's why we had to. And I and <laughs> honestly, just a few hours ago, because we were not going to record tonight, I I texted and I said, "Hey, we've got a long time since we did a show." And Alexia said, "Because uh, a lot of times she can't; she's busy." And, and today she was like, "No, I can do it tonight." And I was like, "This is what we're talking about. Like, this is this is I needed to talk to you about this because this is." Man, would it be good to be have a good TV show with Star Trek? Can you imagine new fucking Star Trek every week and it's good? Ah, uh, see here's the, here's the, like I can and 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 also though like I know me and so what's gonna happen is like I'm probably not. I guess if they have it on CBS, but um, and it's not like this ridiculous pricing model. But I'm hoping I don't have to wait until it gets to Netflix because like I really don't watch shows while they're on the air anymore. Um, so I'm really, really bad about having to wait for the next one. So let me be like, very clear. I don't know how that's going to, that, like, be, so well, for me, I, it's bittersweet. Like if the show is really awesome, um, then I'll have a really good Star Trek to watch. And then I'll have a revitalized dream of like, oh, maybe I can be on Star Trek, the show. Um, because that's well, what happens. So let me, so, and so then, let me, <laughs> um, and then also I'll, but, uh, but there'll be that bittersweetness of like, Oh, but I need to know what happens next week and I need to know right now. And why aren't they showing it to me right now? Yes, you will. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. One, I will expense that shit to trek off. <laughs> because two, I say that while the show's on, we do a weekly show. I say, we've always said, oh, we should do more. We do it more often. We do more often. But while that show's on, can you imagine that show airs on Sunday and then we talk about it on Wednesday? Like that's, and it's that like, like seriously. Yeah, fucking that, that like that's crazy. like as yeah. part of as part of Trek off. That's how, you're going to be the one I want to talk. It's going to be hard not to record that night. Yeah, it's going to be like, hard to not be like, <laughs> did you just finish? I just finished watching it. Oh, my fucking yeah. gosh. Yeah. Like that. So, like that'll be difficult. Yeah. I just I, it'll so. be really hard for me because we're like I like I I told you, I think we were there um, doing the editing um, because we can't watch the new X-Files episodes. We've been 
like, okay, well, let's prep since we've got like, you know, nine or seasons to get through or whatever before the next episodes happen um, until it gets to Netflix. Let's watch that. And like, as we're watching it, like Mr. A, uh, much like Star Trek, hadn't really watched X-Files. And so it's, and I'm, it's been a long time for me and I didn't watch it nearly like I watched Star Trek. So it's not like, oh, I know this episode. Oh, I remember this episode. Do you know what I mean? Um, and he's like, I don't know how you did it. I don't know how you fucking watched this show. <laughs> like, I was like, I remember being crazy at yeah, times. Yeah, but this show, this new show will help us create our show and you guys will be part of it. So until next That's time, true. my name is Justin. And my name's Alexia. Trek off. Trek off. off. No, I'm sorry. I said, that, I said that wrong. Hold on. Trek off. <laughs> Trek off, bitches. <laughs>just finished the episode and you're like hey that was fun i'd like more trek off to put in my ear hole to put into my brain part well that's really easy all you got to do is go to trekoffpodcast.com there's over a hundred hours of trek off it's free just go there trekoffpodcast.com or search itunes or whatever pod feed you use or trekoffpodcast.com that's really easy you can also like us on facebook where you'll hear information about everything that we do like us there especially hearing about trekoffmovie.com that's our movie we're making a movie based on this the trailers there links are there trekoffmovie.com trekoffpodcast.com thank you for listening and trek off okay this is the last chance i got before you go on to whatever else you're going to do today please check out we are nerds go on itunes right now before the podcast ends and just get it. it's 99 cents or amazon whatever you use to get music it really does help us it's a really cool song we are nerds get it now before you do anything else i trust you i know you're gonna do it okay thanks so much bye-bye to you, you got me again. Why do we like to see characters die and it's terrible? Crying at home, it's embarrassing. Every show, it's like dead, dead, dead. And the wedding is red, like the beheading of Ned. Jenny, Calendar, Tara, and Anya, and Fred, Tasha, Yar, Uncle Ben, and Gwen. Why is it then we tune in every week for bloodletting, upsetting, the deading? We wind up betting that this time Moffat and Wheaton and Martin will soften the bleeding, but probably not. We wind up getting Charlie, not Penny's boat, and then Hart and my throat.